0: You're listening to the Journey to Launch podcast. Are you congruent in your life? The concept of minimal viable financial independence and is financial independence a pipe dream? T-minus 10 seconds. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Sufrant, as a money expert who walks her talk. She helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. 1. Hey, 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 journeyers. So this is going to be a solo episode. I'm actually going to pick two or three topics. It depends on how much time I, you know, continue to talk and we have in the episode. And I want to talk about these topics because the ideas have popped into my head. And I want to expand on them more. So I'm viewing this as like a really mini, like really mini TED talk, like (laughs) of ideas. I'm almost workshopping these ideas because I intend to one day put them in a book. So I want to see if these resonate with you. So what I want you to do is if one of these topics or areas of discussion hits home or makes you feel some type of way, let me know. Um, I'm on Instagram at journeys launch, So tag me there screenshot that you're listening to this tell me what's standing out and you can also hit me up on twitter or facebook i'm at journey to launch if you want the episode show notes for this episode go to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this episode in the show notes you'll get the transcribed version of the conversation the links that we mentioned and so much more One of the first topics I wanted to address was congruence. So congruence, like the technical definition is being in agreement or harmony. And so when you're congruent you know, in your life or in your behaviors, everything matches up. Technically, it's usually used for geometry, you know, they say two figures or objects are congruent if they have the same shape or size, or if one has the same shape and size as the mirror image of the other. And it's really identical forms of two things or one or more things. And congruency is important in our lives. Not that everything in our life has to be the same, but congruent in the way we want things and desire things and believe we can have them. Because when there is a disconnect between your desires, your beliefs, and your actions, when you are not congruent in those areas, meaning they do not align, you will be suffering. There will be suffering. And I find it often that we actually aren't that congruent. You know, we desire something and maybe we don't believe we can have it. We desire something and we don't take action towards that thing. For whatever reason. And a lot of that comes up in our limiting beliefs. And some of them are shadow beliefs that we don't even know we have. Like you don't even catch yourself, um, that you, th- you're thinking negatively of something that you're not being positive or you're self sabotaging yourself. You don't even know you're doing it. And, you know, maybe you get a glimpse of it. And that is honestly, if you ever get a glimpse and are able to be self aware of your shortcomings, we, we all have them. Uh, it is a gift. And sometimes we don't want to see it. You know, it's easier to point the finger, reflect the mirror back on someone else. But it's really important when it comes to our life goals and money goals. I mean, money is the undercurrent to everything that we want. And in a lot of ways, I'm finding as I am on the path into <laughs> financial independence, you know, as I'm getting deeper into it, as I am teaching more about it, I'm coming across more people, you know, obviously through my work, through meeting new journeyers, whether it's on social media or in maybe the programs that I have, like the Money Launch Club or the Map Your Path to Financial Independence course. Like I see firsthand also, because people usually, you know, they're coming to me and they're being so open about like what it is that they want and desire. And then as they start talking, you realize, okay, so there's there's the disconnect. Um, and I even see it in myself. I see it in fellow business owners, especially in the per- personal finance space about money. Um, so there's this desire and want to have money to at least have what we think money will give us, which is freedom and opportunities. And at a basic level, money will provide us that it provides a certain level of security. And so we naturally want more of it. We want enough to feel happy. And what I'm realizing or seeing is that people want money, but they do not really inherently believe one that they deserve it that they can obtain the type of money they say they want and deep down they believe the people who have the money are actually not good people and i find it interesting especially too in the personal finance space as you know i'm i'm getting to see more people and you know it's really interesting because while i am a content creator in here i consider myself a thought leader and i have so many fellow personal finance friends, you know, people that I know online that you'll see comments and I'll see comments mostly on Twitter from fellow business owners, not necessarily just personal finance. And they are either being really sarcastic and or are putting down other entrepreneurs or people making money. Now, again, they some people I'm sure have valid reason. Maybe they don't like the way someone is approaching something. Maybe they think they're a scammer. Whatever the reason. Right. But I think majority of the time I see like these really quick takes on how people are earning money from the very same people who talk about money and tell their audience that they should want to earn money. Now, I believe there is a issue with congruence there that people are not in alliance with their real beliefs and what they're teaching or what they're saying they want. And you can actually catch this in yourself. I catch it in myself. Like when I, you know, maybe there's there's someone uh, that I see that is, you know, selling something or has a certain personality and is very bold and (laughs) confident. And I'm just like, whoa, right? Like maybe because they're doing things that I don't have the nerve to do (laughs) or um, even want to do, but they're just going about life in the way they want to. Uh, And that triggers something in me because a lot of times, or it can trigger something in me because I can often look at that as like, I can't even do that. How is that person doing that? And I'm bringing myself to say that I sometimes do this because self-awareness is key. So when I do catch myself having a negative thought, about uh, someone in terms of how they're talking about money or earning money, I check myself. And I'm saying this is not incongruence with what you say you want. And it's interesting because if you are not congruent, you also think other people are not congruent. So if you are saying one thing and are believing and doing something totally different, then you also believe that other people are not really telling the truth or uh, being congruent in their own lives, which makes you even more apprehensive or not trusting of other people. So I would say that in our lives, in order to really, really achieve the things that we want, we have to be self-aware when we are not being in congruence with things. Again, everything doesn't always have to sync up, but if you have a desire to want something different for your life, a desire for more money, a desire that you want to achieve certain things, but your belief does not match that desire. Like you don't even believe you can have it. To me, that is the root of suffering. And it's not just around money. This is around a lot of things. Anything that we desire that we don't believe we can have creates a lot of suffering. And on top of that, if that happens, then we don't even want to, create any action. We don't even want to do the action it would take because we don't really believe we can do these things. And if we can find out why we're not incongruent, if we can find out what triggers, you know, and what brings up and and shows our true selves when we, we find out that, wait a second, you say you want money, but yet you think people with money are really not that great. You think they're greedy. You think money is the root of all evil and all these negative things. So how would it be that you would have all the money that you need? If you judge someone for selling something, or for going out there and, you know, asking for that raise, and you think this person is too bold, but yet you want the type of money that that boldness will bring, there is a disconnect. Uh, So I wanted to just mention this idea of being congruent in your life, because I do truly believe that Once we all can recognize when we're not being congruent and that awareness is key and figure out and be real with ourselves with it, it's very uncomfortable when we notice that we're doing it, but to be aware of it and the awareness is the first step to change because without awareness, you don't think anything is wrong. Continue on with your life. It is what it is, right? But to be aware of something is at least the knowledge that something should be done, and maybe you don't do it right away. It will take work. A lot of these desires and beliefs and actions, like this whole this whole gear that uh, turns and makes everything go, has been really something we've been raised with. Something that's been implanted throughout, whether it's media, our cultural norms, and societal norms, and you know, these are things that if we're conditioned to, it's been in our lives for a long time. And so to wake up from that fog, to really peel back, you know, the layers, it takes work. It's not something that happens overnight. So one, I would say if you find yourself being not congruent, incongruent, you find that you are um, judgmental or, you know, you're lacking in this area, it's not to be hard on yourself about it. It's to understand that you can do something now about it. And it doesn't even mean that when you know about it, you're going to be all perfect and positive and, you know, all these things. That doesn't happen right away either. It's just the knowledge of it. I relay it to actual, like, meditating. I've been trying to get up early and meditate in the morning. And some days, you know, I'll get, like, 10 seconds in with a clear mind. And then most days, like, my mind is going all over the place. And, you know, it's easy to get frustrated. Like, wait, I'm doing it wrong. What's the point? Like I've been sitting here for five minutes and I am I keep thinking about my list of things to do. But realizing the the work is in coming back to the stillness. The work is not that I'm, you know, quote unquote, not accomplishing the true meditative state and my mind is blank. That hardly happens. But the work is that when it happens, I don't give up. I try to sit there and come back. And even if it takes the whole five minutes or 10 minutes or however long I have that morning to meditate, that all I'm doing is recognizing that I'm not calm or I'm not in clear thought and just trying to come back, that is the work. That is the work. And that is the work that it takes when it comes to our money, it comes with our personal relationships, our life, our fitness, because we are gonna travel on paths that will have setbacks. We're gonna travel on paths that are not going as fast as we want them to go. And we're gonna be like, wait, I'm supposed to do better. I'm supposed to know better. Why am I not doing better? Why am I not being congruent if I know these things? And oftentimes that thought process will then put, bring in shame and disappointment and it starts a negative cycle. But the win, the win is just knowing and seeing it. Do you know how I many people in the world are walking around clueless and they have no clue? about financial independence, about freedom, about money, about the true lives that they could be living, they're just unaware. And so the fact that you are aware is a good thing. It doesn't mean you get it all right and you, you do it all um once that one time and that's it. It is going to be a constant constant internal work. And so I want to talk about congruence. I think it's a really important subject matter and something that we all can work on. So that was my first topic is being in congruence with what you want in life, money, everything. The second thing I wanted to kind of talk about is something called minimal viable income, minimal viable expenses, minimal viable financial independence. So, you know, as I was thinking, I was thinking about kind of the life that I would want if I didn't have to bring in any income. And then I was just thinking about how there's so many people who are looking to achieve this utopia of having enough money. But what is enough money, right? That's gonna one, look different for everyone. And is there even enough money? You look at people who are really wealthy, (laughs) who are like rich and you know, there's always something else that they want. So on this path, right? On this path to financial independence, which is defined as having enough money to never have to work actively again, you can live off of your investments. How can we break the journey down in a way where if you were to reach a point in which you were able to define a lifestyle based at the minimum level, and then you can go up from there and I'm gonna I'm gonna give some explanations. What would that look like? Because would that better provide people guidepost on their journey. And so I started thinking about it in a way of how we have uh, the concept of minimal viable product. Usually, you know, that's in business and the definition or the approach is the MVP. So minimal viable product is the premise that you can provide sufficient customer value by delivering minimal features that earlier adopters will use. And then you can collect that feedback and then build a better project product that could resonate with other users. So a lot of times you'll see that in tech, um, you hear people talk about it in tech or just in business, right? Like, so what can I do with the least amount of maybe effort or money to like what product or service, what can I do present to the market that they will buy that will still provide value before I put more money, effort, time in, right? Let me get feedback. Let's see what that is. So I said, how can that relate back to financial independence? Because, you know, a lot of us, we have a number, and I talk about the 25 times number um, as just a benchmark. You know, it's not perfect. (laughs) But this idea, the 25 times number and the 4% rule that if you multiply your annual expenses by 25, so whatever your desired amount to spend, if you multiply that by 25, you get a number, that big number is your financial independence number. And the idea is that if you draw down 4% of that portfolio, the entire portfolio over time, and it accounts for inflation, and there's some other caveats here, that you can draw down that annual expense that you need to live on every year, right? So if you do that, then that kind of gives you a big number. But like, what does that number encompass? Because if you just quickly did math in your head and you're like, okay, I think I can live off $50,000 a year. That's maybe your thing. You multiply that by 25, you get 1.25 million. Again, we're talking like big numbers here, but let's drill down to that $50,000 a year, right? So you have to account for when you wanna reach financial independence, what you're spending, like what does that 50,000 a year account for? Mortgage, rent, is that included? Uh, Groceries, travel, Right. And so when you really break down the number and you can use your current expenses, but that may be different depending on how far you want to reach financial independence. But I think, you know, we have to account for the number that we are living like right now, like what we currently do and what we actually want to do. And so right now, right, for example, we're budgeting and we're not spending the way, you know, I would love to be able to buy (laughs) outside food without thinking about it if I wanted but we are on a budget. So I think about it, right? So if I really were to be honest with how I wanted to spend, I'd probably have a way bigger budget for restaurants and takeout and like travel and all these other things that I find, or I want to be important. But on the journey, on the path, you, I know for sure, I'm a little different with the way I am budgeting for certain things. So I thought about, what would our financial independence numbers look like and how could we measure how close we are getting to them based on a minimum viable financial independence number or minimal viable expense number or minimal viable income number? Honestly, they all are interrelated because really your income is meant to cover your expenses. If you have more than your you know baseline expenses, of course, you can save the rest. But if you're really looking at just how much you need to live, then it's really based on your expenses. And then your financial independence number is based on your expenses, like how much you need to survive. So you are only bringing in or taking out what you need. And so I thought of, okay, can someone break out what their financial independence number is based on levels? So base expenses. So I kind of came up with these levels. And I want you to think if you can identify where you are, which level you're at right now or what you're ultimately striving for. And I think you can actually put different financial independence numbers with each of these because they're gonna require a different amount of money. So let me explain. So base expenses, no frills. Like I'm talking about your necessary expenses to live, your mortgage, rent, food, but no frills after that. Like I'm talking about like no cable, Maybe internet is a basic expense, especially nowadays with a lot of people working from home, but like no restaurants. Like you're literally only going to the grocery store, getting what you need, you're going home, okay? And clothing only for going out. Like I'm talking about maybe people who are really uh, intense on paying off debt and or following like the Dave Ramsey method of like, you know, being really strict, maybe on this base expense, no frills lifestyle. And some people actually enjoy this, right? Like there are some very frugal people who this is a game. It's like, how like how little can I spend today or this year? And they're like spending maybe less than 20,000. Yes, I've heard of people who've spent, who are spending less than $20,000 a year. And so that's like fun for them. So their number, the FI number would be a lot lower. So they don't need to say if they really can sustain this, and this is important too, if they can sustain that for the duration of their lives, then they don't need to save and invest as much in a lump sum to reach financial independence. Then you have the next level. So the first one was like basic expense, no frills, level one. Level two, basic expense and occasional frills. Um, And so that would involve eating out sometimes. So you put it now in your budget, you know, if you're looking at the first level, the that level included only necessary things, no extras. This next level of base expenses plus frills, that does include maybe, you know, a little budget for going out to eat and personal kind of fun, but not a lot. It's kind of like occasionally, like we are going out once maybe a month, once a quarter, like I'm getting my nails done or my hair done like once every three months. Like it's very limited. So what does that number look like? So you'd have to obviously look at all your line items and then put in reasonably what that looks like. So the next level, level three, I'll call it, base expense plus frills plus guac. (laughs) So I added in the guac because I said, so this is the next level because you can essentially, when I envision it for myself, it was going out and eating. So, you know, going out and eating with the frills, but getting guacamole whenever I want. So that second level before this one, it was like I was going out to eat, but that was like once a month, and I'm still not getting guacamole because I'm on a budget. This third level is out. Uh, no, I'm actually um, base expenses plus, plus frills plus guacamole when I whenever I want it. Like I'm not worried about that guacamole is twelve dollars at this New York City restaurant. So my financial independence number looks different at that point. The next level. So level four: base expense plus frills plus guac plus first class. And so this involves, you know, everything at the other level, previous levels, you know, going out to eat with the frills, guacamole whenever you want, and when you travel, traveling on first class. So that was level four. And um, I really like that level. And level five is base expense plus frills plus guac plus private jet. So this is not like you don't even need to like get on a normal plane. You can get your own plane, right? That's like, (laughs) you know, ball in style financial independence. So uh, I don't have like unique names or anything for these yet. But I thought in the idea of when you're thinking about reaching your goals or planning for freedom, as we all are doing, then you may realize that technically you can reach your financial independence of base expenses, no frills, like sooner rather than later, like if you really scaled back your budget and your spending, even me, if I were to look at my portfolio and really you like take out every single thing and it's just like what we need, we would probably reach financial independence already, right? But here's where now you come in as the person in control of your life, understanding what it is that you want to be happy. This is now the balanced approach, right? And so I know for me, I don't want a financial independence of base expenses, no frill. I don't want level one. I, technically I've reached level one if I really did the math which actually feels good to know so part of me also and I'll, I'm i gonna figure out a way um, I need to like do a post about this or maybe just something else to help solidify this uh, concept a bit more but part of me feels like you know as I keep going like all right this would be helpful for people to know their levels because even though you may, you maybe your idea is that you want to be at level four base expense plus frills plus guac and first class, right? Like that is where I'm actually striving to get to at like the minimum. I would love for the time that we reach financial independence that it could include first class fri- flights. Um, that's level four. But it would be interesting to know at each level as I check off these because then one, You know, depending on lifestyle, depending on situation, you can say to yourself, well, you know what, I'm going to go to level three. Maybe I don't have that first class money yet to like, you know, travel first class when I want, but I at least want to order guac when I want. And that for you is that is optimal. That is freedom. That makes you happy. Then go for it. Right. And then maybe, you know, you're just like, listen, all that sounds good, Jamila. You could be on level four, but I'm aiming for level five. I'm aiming for the private jet. All good, too. But I think looking at it in terms of minimal viable financial independence number, minimal viable expenses, it shows you what's the minimum amount of money I need to live what I consider a rich life. And. With that, you can then make more informed decisions on how you spend, how you earn to get to that. And you may say to yourself, well, yeah, I want like first class and guac and all these things, this level four. And maybe you want to live that now. And here's the thing. So what people are currently doing is getting to their levels or trying to live their levels like now, which is completely fine. They want that balanced approach. Why, you know, maybe because you may say, well, I'll live that base expense no frills for like 10, 15 years. That's what some people do. And then I'll be able to either continue the space, expense, no frills, because I'm just like, that's what I want. I'm conditioned to that kind of lifestyle. Or some people intend on actually wanting to spend more money. Like they're kind of sacrificing right now. So that way they can live a little freer in the future. And it all depends on your approach. I personally, I don't believe in deprivation and delaying gratification to the point where I'm unhappy if it's not in alignment, if it's not in congruence. So taking it back to the first subject, but that I want it to be consistent. And maybe, you know, you do have to do certain things in the meantime, especially for you, um, depending on your journey or stage, right? So if you're in debt, if you are like getting up to the point where you're trying to earn more money, you might have to live this more basic expense, no frills, um occasional eating out kind of lifestyle. Like that is what you need to do to get to the next level for the meantime. And then you can start moving up. And so I thought of this as what is the minimum viable FI number that I need? And knowing this and knowing the points at which like, and for me, you know, I chose guacamole and like flights because as you can see, you know, I mentioned a little bit before, like going out to eat, Obviously something I want to do, continue to do, especially when the world opens back up and then actually travel. Um Travel has not been something we've been able to do much lately, obviously, but even before like the pandemic with the kids, it was just not <laughs> something like who wants to travel with three like small kids. But, you know, as they get older, um, I can't wait to like take them places and take nice vacations. You know, usually... I'm the kind of person, it'd be a budget vacation. So when my girls and I, we go to Miami and South Beach, it'd be like 10 of us in one room, okay? Like I, I, I'm at the stage now where I want to, I want to spend money <laughs> to have a nice vacation. Um, and so these are my priorities in terms of what I want to spend on. And especially when I reach quote unquote financial independence. For you, it can be totally different. It could be totally different values and things that you want to define as kind of like your stages and levels. So I wanted to bring that up, um, talk about that and let me know if something about that hits for you. And if it does, don't forget, tag me, take a screenshot, share with me on social media. I'm at Journeys Launch, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then the final kind of topic I will talk about right now is financial independence. <laughs> There's a lot of ways in which we can define financial independence, not just defining it, but there are some people who are saying and, you know, or thinking and who've said to me, kind of like, you're making people think too big or they didn't say it like exactly those words, but what they were trying to say is like, why are you presenting this option to people? It's not realistic. Most people are just trying to get out of debt most people will never earn enough to do the things that you're talking about. And, you know, this is part of the reason why I will always and constantly bring up the reality for some people. Right. And so it's not that I'm selling anyone a pipe dream. I am though daring you to dream bigger and beyond imagination, maybe that what you what you thought was possible or you didn't even know was possible a couple of years ago. Like I want you to know that People are doing this and yes, they may have different starting points. They may not have faced the struggles you face. They may have different income, more income, but it is possible. And right. And so, you know, I'm seeing kind of just a bit of like this, that's too big of a goal for people to set, um, that you should aim lower. And I don't mind, you know, and which is part of the reason why I came up with the journey or stages of the levels, Because I realize that complete financial independence in the way that it's talked about, in the way I talk about, is a huge undertaking. It's a huge task, but I don't believe it's impossible. Is it too much to dream too big? I don't think so. I've been dreaming big uh, for a long time and I do not think, I know for a fact, I would not have this podcast, this platform, would not have quit my job, uh, would not have bought my first condo at 22 and done some amazing things in my life if I didn't aim higher at each of those moments. And again, if if you're listening to this and you hear talk about financial independence and your first thought is, oh, hell no, Jamila, like this is not for people like me. This is for rich white men, whatever. If that is your idea, then one, I would say there are tons, which is what I love about the online space. Now, there are tons of other people talking about money in a way that may resonate more with you. But what I find is that if you are listening to this, you dream big just as me. And the cool thing about dreaming big, in my opinion, is that you can never fail when you dream big. And if you're in alignment in terms of you're congruent with the way you dream, it's not to say you won't fail. It's not to say, you know, your mindset still doesn't need work. My mindset still needs work. But it means that you will go after things. And because you're dreaming so big, because you're going past the, I just want to pay off debt, because you're going to a place and you're doing things that other people are afraid to do, they're afraid to step into the life that is inherently like their divine right. Even if quote unquote, you fail at this journey to have the million dollars. Okay, Jimmy, like really a million dollars at my starting point, even if you fail, you will be in such a much better position than honestly, you could have ever imagined that you could have ever dreamed of. I could never have dreamed to be sitting in my kitchen right now, working for myself, making money, doing something that I love, providing impact. This w- I, this would not have been possible without me going big and thinking I could have reached financial independence by 40 years old, which by the way, may or may not happen, honestly. I mean, so forgot to mention this in the beginning, but this is my birthday week, <laughs> So my birthday is February 6th. This comes out. um, I'm intending for this to come out February 3rd. And, you know, when I first started the platform, I had this whole idea. I'm going to reach financial independence by 40 years old. So you do the math, but this is a while ago, (laughs) a little while ago. And I'm 38 now, like, this is wild. I'm 38 or I will be 38. And I don't look 38. That's okay. Right. But I'm well on my way there's still a lot of time left. Don't count me out. That 40-year-old Jamila may still hit that mark. You know what I mean? But I would not be sitting here talking to you with this platform if I did not think or did not attempt for this crazy goal of, you know, and I started, I wanted to pay off the mortgage. I wanted to like save half my income. Like I was going hard. That's how we saved the 169,000 in the two years because we were so aggressive. But what I'm saying is, Things have changed since then, and it's not just about money anymore. It's about like a holistic approach to financial independence. But without going so big, I would not be here. And so this is my uh, dream and hope for you, for journeyers listening. That yeah, yeah, I'm giving you a big task. I'm giving you, I'm, I'm, I'm planting a big seed in your hearts and your mind. If this is the first time you heard about financial independence and retiring early. And there will be some people who say it's impossible for someone like you. But I am telling you that if you think you can't, then you can't. If you think there's a slight hope, keep listening, keep learning, keep finding people you can relate to. That's why I try to bring on different types of people on the podcast, whether you're learning from me or someone else that you resonate with. That's why I also try to bring on people from different starting points where you know maybe that maybe what they're doing and what they're focused on is just paying off debt and that's fine and their next level after that unfolds when they get to the next level but this is why you know I'm so passionate about what I do with journey to launch and financial independence because I know there's a lot of stuff already about budgeting and um you know paying off debt and we need to do all those things like mindset habits those are necessary we can't skip those steps and become millionaires okay not if we want to keep the money but I challenge you to dream big because no matter what, you got to do those things anyway. And even if you fail, you end in a better place. So, like I was saying, you know, um, my journey to financial independence. Um, it's my birthday week. I, this is one of the reasons why I decided to record a solo episode. Um, so, shout me out, happy birthday too, if you don't mind, uh, and share this. So, if you want to give me a birthday present, I'm not. You don't even have to buy anything. <laughs> Share this podcast, share journey to launch with someone in your life that does not know about this. Maybe you showed, you shared this, you know, it, with them already. Share it with them again. Share it on your social media. Um, you can give me that as a gift. Honestly, that is my fuel. Is the impact more than the money? Is the impact? It's planting these seeds so that more people like me, who at the beginning when I didn't know this was a thing, are waking up and realizing it's a thing that you can do impossible things but first you have to know it's out there and then you have to believe you can do it all right so i hope you guys enjoyed um, that hodgepodge of an episode again we talked about being in congruency being congruent in your life with your desires belief and action we talked about the concept of minimal viable financial independence and income and expenses And then finally, I kind of like wanted to end with this question or this, uh, I guess, a rant on financial independence and it being too big of a dream. And I don't think it is. And even if it is, why not? We have one life to live. So if you enjoyed this episode, um, let me know. Again, I'm at Journey to Launch on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Take a screenshot, share with me your thoughts. And I'm going to try and take the rest of this week easy since it's my birthday week depending on if you're listening to this in real time even if you're not just best wishes and luck to you Um, and until next week keep on journeying journeyers